We take a single episode of a science fiction TV series and overanalyze it to within an inch of its life. This is the Fusion Patrol Podcast. Welcome to the discussion. Hello and welcome to another episode of Fusion Patrol. I'm Eugene. And I'm Simon. And today we're looking at the Coaljack, the Night Stalker episode, The Energy Eater. There's a new hospital in Chicago, and despite a couple of unfortunate deaths amongst the Native American high steel workers during construction, Carl Coaljack couldn't be more disinterested as he covers the opening press conference for the hospital. Not interested, that is, until a mysterious power failure gives his nose for news something to sniff at. With the help of a pathology nurse at the hospital and Jim Elkhorn, foreman of the crew of Native American workers and medicine man, Kolchak unfurls the mystery of the Machamanito, an evil bear spirit that is feeding upon patients in the hospital and destroying the building. He convinces the powers that be that the spirit is real, and they take the necessary steps to quell the evil spirit, but not before Kolchak nearly gets himself killed trying to get a story. Okay, I want to just open this up with just a little preface. Okay? Now, here's Go the ahead. preface. I could walk into any room anywhere in the world except for, say, a convention of blind people and be instantly identified as a Caucasian. I am not one of those people that you would look at and go, hmm, he might be um, a mix of something or, or anything like that. People look at me and they see blonde hair, blue eyes, white skin, and they go, European Caucasian. That being said, I am in fact, amongst being Caucasian, I am also uh, a full tribal member of the Citizens Potawatomi Nation, which is a one of the Native American tribes here in the United States, which happens to be part of the Algonquin people, who are the tribes from around Chicago and the people that are being talked about in their mythology here. And the irony of me talking about A, Native American myths, and B, perhaps having some criticism for their casting of William Smith as a member of a Native American tribe. The irony of that is not lost on me. So I just, I want that out of the way before we go into these discussions today. <laughs> so, and I'm, I'm particularly fascinated um, about what you think of this episode, Simon. Well, I don't, I don't, I, I, I don't have the same insight into the Native American aspe aspects, and it's not, it's not in fact the first to to cover that ground. But maybe, right. maybe, maybe we'll start somewhere else. Um, and I, I, I have to say, my my kind of overview on this is it's a bit of a, it's sort of a step backwards, really. Um, I, I. I felt when we were talking about the Spanish Moss murders that that uh, they were really making the they were using the formula, but they were really making it work. Mm -hmm. And things had moved on from from the kind of um, well, I suppose you have the 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 early days of the show with with um, the kind of rehash of the vampire story, then sort of branching out into slightly weird things. And this is definitely a slightly weird thing, mm -hmm. um, but it doesn't. How it, I just I I felt the 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 direction was a bit um, 
not as not as uh, engaging. The editing was a bit strange. The music was quite odd. the The writing was a bit. I, I, they they were trying to they were trying to inject some kind of some some humor into it some some sort of slightly whimsical characters which I think are what what makes Kolchak work when it works. Mm-hmm. Um, but but you know a few one liners here and there and um, Diane and her English muffins don't <clears throat> quite rescue the episode in that respect. That said, I think there was something slightly interesting going on in what they were trying to do in this episode. And I, inevitably, the prism that I'm coming to Kolchak through, the thing that hooked me in the first place and made me curious to watch it is is the influence on the X-Files, really. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking about the way in which many, many X-Files stories, I mean, particularly the conspiracy, but not just those stories, bring into play the fact that there are always... Um, vested interests in in the mystery there are usually other people who are affected by it and and who may know something about it and don't want to reveal it to Mulder so Mulder is Mulder is really not just about discovering what's going on and stopping it he's about discovering what's going on and who's covering it up or trying to make money out of it and exposing it and uh, you know, do, doing so f- from a from a fairly humane perspective. Now, Kolchak, for the most part, is all about finding out what's going on. Um, usually, there are other players in the game, the police, also trying to find out what's going on, but not not thinking that it is something supernatural, trying to stop it in the same way that Kolchak is trying to stop it, failing due to their incompetence, so Kolchak has to get in there and drive a stake through its heart or whatever. And in and this one is quite interesting because we do actually get another group of people who believe that there is something supernatural here. Mm-hmm. And they find their own way of stopping it i.e. Yep. they don't wait for Kolchak to drive a stake through its heart, they get out the liquid nitrogen lorries. Um, and and so I, I, I thought potentially, you know, there's something, there's something interesting about it. But actually the whole kind of, the arc of how they, how they discovered that um, this was something that they couldn't explain and how they came to accept that and then how they decided to do what they were going to do None of that was really explored at all in this. So the, the the sole interesting thing about this episode was basically just tossed aside. Hmm. Okay. Well, the reason I wanted to get specifically about this episode was that this one, I felt, shows an atypical pattern, and you've identified part of it. He convinces the authorities, including the police, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that this is... You've got to do something about this. He enlists the help of people who actually do help him through the course, Nurse Eisen and Jim Elkhorn, that are almost partners in crime. Um, We we see Kolchak actually doing investigative work of of a different level than he typically does. Yes, there's a lot of him sneaking back into the hospital. But he's on a crusade there. Yeah. He's on like, a crusade like to prove the hospital is safe. Uh, the hospital is unsafe. 
you know, he, he's not looking at Supernatural when he goes down in the basement the first time and sees all those cracks. He's seeing big news story, unsafe hospital, I'm going to uncover it, go get the plans, go get a builder, come in here and check this thing out. He is, he's doing the job of an investigative reporter right there. Yes. And it gets turned to the Supernatural when the Supernatural thing reveals itself, which, of course, Kolchak is already positioned to be a, an easy believer uh, on these things. But yeah, this this story is is so atypical in a way that I was curious because a lot of your criticisms about him not doing, you know, no evidence that he's a journalist. Another piece of evidence yeah, that he's yeah. a journalist. No, I, I I was very critical of, uh, about that at the beginning, and in this and in this one, he, you know, we, I mean, there is that slightly sl- that that odd edit because he's he's in the middle of the quake in in the basement, and then suddenly you cut back to the INS offices. Yeah, that was. But what he's strange. actually doing in the INS offices is working the phone and calling in a favor and actually you know it's it's back it's back to what we talked about um you know last time those 18 people he was willing to ring up in the Spanish Moss murder mm-hmm. and he's doing it again he's doing the the, the legwork or the phone work rather and he calls so, somebody who he credit. had previously written a story an investigative story about and cleared that man of some sort yes. of criminal thing. So again, his ability as a journalist shows there. But though so it's some it's someone who owes him for something. He owes him for that. Someone he's actually charmed or won over with his delightful personality. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, so uh, that one is uh, it is it's an odd it's an odd, I and I think I mentioned this before we uh, well before I even rewatched this episode. Uh, I. I can't remember it. I, even having watched it, I'm having trouble. I remember very little bits of it, but I, I, wow. And I know I've seen it several times. <laughs> and I, you know, when I bought the DVDs, I went through them all and watched them a few years ago. And yet this one really just left no impression on it, me. It, it is one of those that feels a bit less than the sum of its parts. So. Anyway, um, so we have this, and I'm going to call it Machimanito when we talk. But I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna say that I went and started looking for this as part of my extremely limited research. I'm going to admit that, and this is part of this is part of why I'm giving my disclaimer. Do not take this as a person who is a member of one of these Algonquin people tribes saying, oh, this is our heritage. No, this is poorly done internet research, okay? So, <laughs> but what amazed me is I happened to be on a list, when I was looking at a list of um, Kolchak episodes, there was a brief synopsis, and it had the word Machimanito written in there, and I think it was M-A-T-C-H-E-N-E-D-O, something like that. Okay. So I cut and paste that, and I popped it into Google search, and the first thing that came up was, of course, Kolchak, the energy eater. But then the second thing that came up, and there were only three things that came up. The second thing that came up was a article on Potawatomi ancestry. And I'm like, oh, this is weird. I had not made the Potawatomi connection at that time. And, and I saw that, and I'm like, wow, this is weird. And I looked through the article, and it was mostly about it was mostly about kind of the, the the history of the settlement of the Potawatomi, but there's a mention there of the two spirits, Ketchumanito and Machimanito, uh, good and evil. 
on, on the sides. And there is even some mention here that that really was probably an adoption of the of those people uh, in response to Christianity's God and the devil. So it's it's not an untainted old Native American thing. The 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 conflicting forces of Quechua and Machimanito are are the uh, 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 it is a response to ado- beginning to adopt Christianity uh, all those hundreds of years ago. But that was it. And, that, and I thought that was really strange. So it tried another spelling of it, uh, or a misspelling of it, and, and I got a couple more articles that were talking about Algonquins, but again, nothing. I, I mean, for, for something that in 1970-something that Kolchak would have had source material for, or have heard of, or have come up with, to go back to these articles, which appear to be, you know, legitimate retellings of old settlers' um, recounting of the uh, of of these people's spiritual legend, it didn't make any sense. And then finally, I hit it. Now, you will f- may or may not remember. Do you remember the episode Shapes and the X Files? And for the audience, that's the werewolf one. The early Vaguely. Uh, Native Americans up in the rainy, constant raining, and there's a one of the Native Americans is transforming into a werewolf, which they always refer to as a Manitou. Manitou is the Algonquin word for spirit, mm-hmm. and that one there's there's movies called Manitou. There's horror, you know, horror films. Manitou is a common, commonly heard term. That is the Algonquin word for spirit, and X Files kind of butchered it into this evil shape shifting creature but it's a first it's a first season episode as well uh so it's a real old one and and, and then it hit me it's not macha manito it's macha manitou is what the name of this oh. thing is <laughs> and the other is getche manitou and that is good great spirit and evil spirit in algonquin so that is and that's so you can find it if you start looking for the macha or the particularly the 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 other one but um the, there's more about the the Kitchi Manitou online. There's very little about the Machi Manitou, but it's opposite thing. Anyway, so every time now I hear it, I'm laughing at how badly they're mangling this, this <laughs> name. But I'm I'm going to call it the Machi Manito because that's what they call it. But Machi Manitou. <laughs> so our Native American Jim Elkhorn uh, was just butchering it. <laughs> <laughs> which i'm probably doing too to some degree but but nonetheless it's uh um and you know here's a weird one it's the right place chicago is the right place the the those tribes are from that part of uh america so for once there's a reason that this would be where it is uh in the in the story I'm which a, is which is which is good because we're now we're now into the territory with the show where weirdness starts. It, it's all it, it it. Well, I guess actually to a certain extent with Kolchak, it's always it's always been he he starts on a story and then it turns out to be something supernatural. But he's got an uh, he's got a kind of an eye for finding these things so something catches his attention and he mm-hmm. wants to explain it. And you can say the kinds of things that are catching his attention are supernatural stories. This is in no way like that. He's just been assigned to go along to this boring hospital opening 
mm-hmm. and then it just so happens that the hospital is being uh, consumed or undermined or whatever by this spirit. Mm-hmm. And and it is his, uh, um, you know, it, it is down to something catches his eye. In this case, it's simply the nurse coming in and having a word with the administrator and then having the administrator yeah. turn around and say, okay, we better get on with the tour and we're going to be excluding the basements. Yeah, it's true. It's true. His, his yes, his, I give him credit again for his increased, uh, now increased journalistic um, <laughs> credibility. He is, he is actually doing the work there. So, yeah, fair, fair point. It's just, it, it, it is a coincidence that this job he happens to be on turns into this yet another supernatural story. But as you say, at least... You know, the fact that it is happening there in Chicago is reflected in the fact that that it's a Chicago-based spirit. Yeah. So that was... Um, I also thought there was... I, I felt like there was some... Con- I almost wonder if the writers of this episode... And, and I, again, I'm not, I want to say that Kolchak was a fantastic investigative journalist in this. But there's almost a feel to me that maybe the writers had some journalism in their background because there was definitely the – there was definitely several pieces of commentary in this episode. Like when Kolchak came in and was talking to the, you know, very costumed up and, and pretty – uh, receptionist, like, are there any important people here today? No, just reporters. There was the line when the other uh, hostess hands him the package and gives him this spiel about <clears throat> how we've provided you this, everything you need to know about this hospital. And there was just something about the 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 way they were saying it. It's like, you know, listen to what we say. You don't need to do any work. You know, pay attention to the message. Yeah. Go on, and just re- yeah, rework the press release. Basic, basic journalism one hundred and one. Right, which was not as prevalent in the nineteen seventies as it is now. Um, I, I, I'm not saying that it wasn't a thing, but you know, there is, uh, and and also Kolchak's line about asking her about being an actress. And and yeah. he goes, oh, how'd you know? It's like he he's a pretty shrewd he's a pretty shrewd man at times, uh, or he's portrayed that way in the in the um, in the show. Again, it's whether or not that's conveyed sufficiently all the time, I don't know. But um, I, I just kind of got a feeling that somebody was a little had a had an axe to grind. About journalism? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> when, when this episode was being made. And also there's the bit about uh, at the end where the uh, the hospital has decided that they are going to, you know, do what they're going to do. And they're putting out their fake press release so that they can, um, you know, have a cover story that doesn't involve spirits. And I wanted to ask you. When he turns around and he, the last thing he says to the, the press agent is, and only release that to the major news outlets, was that intentionally meant to skip Kolchak? I would have thought so. I can't see any other reason for it. I can't either, but there are a couple things in this story that were poorly, poorly conveyed. and More than a couple. <laughs> How about Nurse Eisen's death? I was... Uh... 
I I ha- I I wasn't sure. Neither was I. That that was nurse eyes. I mean, I I take it your your that very very strange scene where they're busy picking up the pathology X-ray lab. plates, yeah. and we don't we don't even get until they pan out. We don't even get that there are actually casualties around. Yeah. We don't see whether they're dead or not because they're not attempting to even check. And they linger very long on that la- that nurse who yeah. is, I'm sorry to say, you know, uh, the actress playing Nurse Eisen is very attractive, but in that pose, lying in that outfit with that hairstyle, I wasn't sure. It, you know, it, it pans yeah. off and it holds on her like, look at this. This is important. You should be paying attention to it. We never see her again. In the episode. True. She's she's completely True. not really gone. We know that she was in that she was there because when Elkhorn and Kolchak and Nurse Eisen came in, she left them and went down the elevator to go to her work, which was downstairs in the pathology lab. And then they went on downstairs to I think she probably went to the nurse's lounge to change into her outfit or something first. And then they also went downstairs to search, you know, do a little native Native American dance <clears throat> um, to to shoo the spirits, and it, it it makes sense that she could have been there. And the fact that she never turns up again really it bugged me. It's like it, it, she should have warranted a narrative. Um, yeah, should have been something in the blinking voiceover. We're going to have a blinking yes. voiceover. Yes, <clears throat> tell us what happened. And and that that is the very strange thing about that scene because we don't. We don't get any kind of reaction shot to what we're looking at. Are we supposed to assume that Kolchak didn't even see her because she's behind something? Yeah, I think. I think. And if he if he didn't see her at the time, did he never find out that? I mean, yeah, he should have. Yeah. He should have made some comment. I, you know, I liked her character. This is another one of those characters that I really liked that that she was, you know, uh, not. She was not obnoxious at any time. She was reasonably professional with Kolchak about not answering questions for the press, but she wasn't. She didn't immediately go into defensive kick you out mode. And then when it was apparent that there was a real problem going on, and Kolchak was the only one looking into it, she helped him. I, I, it was I, it was sad. That's the first character that if if indeed that was her who was dead. That's the first character I kind of feel sorry for. Maybe, maybe uh, Plum uh, from from the Ripper. But oh yeah, you know that one. That one was a definite. She definitely died. This one, but but I'm but, not a hundred percent sure. Well, yeah. Well, but if she did, I'm I think I, I think I think maybe she did. Although I certainly wasn't. I certainly wasn't sure about it at the time. Um, but I. I mean. Perhaps the reason, on reflection, it seems more likely that she did, is how dark the death of Claudia was, um, which wasn't the same in the sense oh, yeah. of being an established character, but it was a quite uh, gruesome, <laughs> and you know they 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 kind of spent a few a few moments with the poor woman, you know, trying to sympathise. Uh, with her, with her predicament and clo- close up on on her, you know, her brow being mop- mopped mm-hmm. and everything, and then suddenly this very horrible death. 
Yeah, and she got a voiceover. Yes, <laughs> she did. She did. So yeah, I yeah, yeah. and Kolchak wasn't there. So you know, it's not to do with whether or not he sees it. Exactly. Exactly. So yeah, I'm I'm unclear. Maybe they removed a scene. Maybe they thought if we don't mention it, maybe people won't have that driven home that she died. But yet they left the scene where they they um, linger on the nurse's face, and yeah, I I was really kind of I I was looking at that going is that is that nurse ice I I. I I cannot tell, but at that moment I made a mental note that said, you know, do we ever see her again? And for the rest of the episode as I'm watching it, absolutely not. There's no sign of it, no mention of her, nothing. It's like she's gone. So, although it isn't too long after that that they don't evacuate the hospital, but... um, Let's see. Uh, what else have I got here before I get on to the Indian thing? <clears throat> and I'm not and I'm not you, crusading on the Indian thing, but uh go ahead. No, I look forward to the crusade. I <laughs> wondered if you wanted to talk at all about the uh the science in this one. Oh, uh, are we talking about the X ray plates? Uh what other science was there? <laughs> well Or the or well, the liquid nitrogen. I've 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 got them, yep. <laughs> I mean there's the, the there is the whole electrical an energy eating thing. Okay. Okay. Um, I, I mean, some of, some of it you might be able to to account for in that uh, that explanation that comes rather late later on of sort of um, what is it, sucking it in and blowing it out? Yeah. That uh, El- Elkhorn, as Elkhorn described it, because all the bulbs are blowing um, down there. But even the, even their approach to it, the. the Eisen reveals to Kolchak that all of the deaths, all all of these people had some connection with mm-hmm. electrically operated equipment. <laughs> I'm thinking, I mean, I know this is the 1970s. It's the dark days whatever. before a lot of electrical equipment. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, basically that's saying they're people, right? Pretty much. Pretty much. I, I I mean, I guess I could see how, you know, somebody in an iron lung, somebody in uh, an, a mechanized bed um, might be a little bit more than... Yeah, but we're not just talking about that. We're talking about workmen who are... By the electrical panel. Well, okay, by the electrical panel, but that, you know, that's that's not operating electrical equipment. Having, having some kind of uh, power tool or something... Mm-hmm. It, I don't it know. Is, it I don't is know. a little. I mean, the, the whole, the whole, the whole kind of energy thing. Because, because then later on they say, well, it's the 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 monster. They, they have this very concentrated or whatever it is, tar-like substance instead of blood, which uh-huh. is explained because uh, plasma is pure protein and protein is pure energy. But there's yeah. no energy <laughs> purer than electricity. <laughs> Yes, uh, there is. Uh, yes, A to B to C there. <laughs> okay, yes. uh, and I was not clear, frankly, whether or not we had established that the plasma had been removed from the body, or that the plasma had been destroyed in the body. 
right? So, I mean, if you if you boiled it off, you'd leave behind yeah. the tar-like substance. And that's kind of where my mind went when they, as soon as he said, oh, that's a collection of blood, blood, red blood cells and no plasma. And well, there's no, ki- up- there's no, there's no kind of explanation of how the thing absorbs the energy or how it converts right. the energy into whatever it uses. But I mean, same, it's the same with the electricity. But I, I, I definitely, I was definitely getting the feeling of of of, of being sort of prodded with the stupid, <laughs> stupid science, science stick. stick. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, and 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 with the liquid with the liquid nitrogen, it's not maybe it's not so much the the science of it, but I was starting to get into the logistics of that in my head. Yeah. <laughs> yes. How much liquid nitrogen? That was a lot in those trucks. Uh, and that, what? Was, that was a lot of liquid nitrogen. And um, I, I don't know how much liquid nitrogen costs back in the 1970s or, or if you could even do that. But uh, I'm looking here. It's not cheap. $65 for 20 liters? Uh, yeah, that's not going to go very far down in that basement. And I'm thinking, you know, is it sealed in any way? Or, you know, how are they going to stop it from evaporating? Well, once it's cold, I mean, it uh, it turns into a glacier. I don't know. You're right. You're right. It doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, I, was, I, was also, I was also a bit worried that Golchak was using a a red fire extinguisher on what appeared to be an electrical fire, but I'm willing to just put that down to Kolchak's stupidity rather than error in the writing. Okay, now hold on. Now wait a minute. This this could be a US and English thing. Ah, you mean you've, your fire extinguisher is a different colour? Our fire extinguishers are generally all red with stickers on them to tell you what type of fire they support. Ah. But I'm getting the impression from you that the fire extinguishers have different colours. Yes. Mind you, I'm talking about contemporary fire extinguishers, so 1970s could have been different anyway. I don't think they had anything except the ones you pumped up by hand or the ones that had CO2 in them. So that's definitely a CO2 uh, fire extinguisher that he was using, I'm, I'm almost certain. So I don't know whether you'd use that on electrical or not, to be fair. I, th- I think you use a powder one now, but I don't... I... You definitely don't want a water one. That's no. definitely... You don't want that, but... Um, although they're going to sink it underneath the marina, <laughs> but you, you, well, yes, it's not. A, I guess it's not a conventional electrical. I don't know. It could just be that Kolchak made a bad decision there because you know, hanging around to do some photography in a basement filling up with liquid nitrogen isn't the brightest thing either. It is not the brightest thing, and of course, the fact that liquid nitrogen he couldn't breathe, and when he fell down into the when he fell down into the gas, should have been dead. <laughs> Not just frozen dead, but Bit dead, of mild dead. frostbite. Uh, well, they didn't amputate, so it must have been it must have been bad enough that they thought about it. Um, I, I well, it but, must have been bad enough to stop Match Manito, but but at the same time, um, yes, it was not a smart move on Cole Jack's part. Not gonna not gonna deny that, but at the same time. I'm going to get that story, right? There's that, there's that Kolchak dogged persistence to get that story 
that he is showing, which one could argue that maybe that's supposed to be a noble characteristic or a stupid characteristic, but, but you know how that goes. Um, one man's courage is another man's stupidity. <laughs> yes, I think that it, it, it's fair enough. Um, you know, he's, but then he's, another, then another kind of odd, odd kind of moment at the end of it, which is where he's actually looking at the photos, and he says, "I'm not going to forget that." What does that mean? I don't is know. It, I mean, it's just, and and the photo doesn't show you anything other than what we saw on the X-ray. So, I, I, I is that I, what he was hoping for? I completely agree. And the fact that Vincenzo says, well, <clears throat> the liquid nitrogen destroyed the film. Crush, 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 crush. But here, got these. Like, where did he get those if the film was destroyed? Well, I, I assume the liquid nitrogen somehow destroyed the infrared, but not the ultraviolet or something. Or oh I don't know. I don't know. There's, I don't know what was going there's, on. There's a episode. few plot holes in, in this one. Um <clears throat> And it's kind of interesting now that you mention it that what we have is a typically what we've had in the Night Stalker has been a supernatural creature which is destroyed by the legendary techniques of destruction. So they don't have to make sense. You gotta poke him with a stick from a gumbo tree. Okay. It doesn't need to make any sense why it has to be a gumbo tree, right? It's it's the supernatural creature with the gumbo tree, or you have to put a stake through its heart because it's a vampire or a silver bullet because it's a werewolf. Here, they've made up their own solution based on their research. And kind of uh, um, perhaps a little bit weak research there with the, hey, we have three listings and they're only in the summer. He must hibernate in the winter like a bear. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> <laughs> and he's hibernated all that time under the lake yeah because it's cold the great lakes are cold (laughs) i'm pretty sure that's cold water um never put my foot in them but i'm guessing they're not warm so (laughs) but it does raise the question of why they didn't fill the basement with water rather than liquid nitrogen that probably would be cheaper and they were right there near the water so they probably could have pumped some in a lot cheaper with some pumps um, yeah. On the other hand, working on the assumption that liquid nitrogen would keep it colder longer, or maybe even completely destroy it, because it's so cold. I mean, if you think about it, if you take a bear and put it, if you put it in cold weather, it might hibernate. But if you submerge it in liquid hydrogen, nitrogen, it might die. <laughs> That's true. So. That is very true can't argue with that so it could be that they were going on the path of the cold will keep it dormant enough for the liquid nitrogen to kill it then just as a uh, precaution we'll tear the hospital down and build water over it (laughs) but yeah that was um (laughs) actually maybe this is why i forgot the episode (laughs) <laughs> I thought I just assumed that my that my uh, nature of, of kind of having this very um, ambiguous relation with television uh, television portrayals of Native Americans may have just caused me to blot it out of my mind. 
because because I do. <laughs> so uh, let's 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 chat about uh, Mr. Elkhorn, who is played by William Smith, who is every bit as white as I am. Um, and uh, and he was he played a lot of heavies uh, in the sixties and seventies. Uh, on television, so it's kind of unusual to see him in a in a good guy role. Probably because of those beady eyes he's got. He just doesn't look like a um, uh, a particularly uh, you know square jawed hero kind of guy. But um, I I found this was all very weird to me. Um, they talk about the Native American high steel workers and. That is, and again, poorly researched and subject to correction, uh, a thing that I've heard about all my life. That there were buildings, particularly in Manhattan, that they had crews of people, Native Americans, who, as whatever, for whatever reason, basically had no fear of heights because they're walking along... Uh, and and I I don't know if that's true or apocryphal, um, but it is a but it's a thing that that you hear about in the United States, and it may very well play into the stereotypes of Native Americans because there is this the history of portrayal of Native Americans has not been particularly very good on on TV and movies whether they're the barbaric savages that are constantly attacking our peaceful settlers coming across the West. Um, or, or even in this episode, what was the name of the book? Primitive Peoples? Yeah. I mean, they might as well yeah. said Savages on the front, right? I mean, it was, it was a terrible title I mean, of the book. It was, it was a terrible title. <laughs> the, the, the caveat is they were talking about something from before. Oh, yeah. The Native That's Americans. Right. They were. But I... I to, more stupid that, science. Yeah. What 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 was what was that what was before the Native okay. Americans? I actually I, that one I did more research on. Nothing. And uh <laughs> nothing. However, as a caveat to that, earlier this year uh, an article was published uh and I believe the Smithsonian of research being done in California where they had found some mammoth bones dated to 130,000 years ago that appeared to show signs of human uh, butchering. No no Gosh. human bones or no... Um, I, I don't believe any stone tools, but just... Um, but it, so it might have been butchered by a Silurian. Yes. Yeah, at 130,000 years, because that was the Silurian era. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, you wouldn't be any well Silurians as around in, then. As well as it was in the Doctor Who episode, yes, I yeah. <laughs> But um, that's the only thing. And, and even the scientists who put that out there are like, I got it. This is really, really out there that, you know, we're pretty certain of the accuracy of the dates. The types of wounds appear to be very consistent with stone tools being used. But as far as we know, there are no people here 130,000 years ago. Um, I think Elkhorn even mentions Neanderthals. He, he says Neanderthals in, in this episode. And, you know, they're Germany. They're, they're Europe. They are definitely not in Chicago 
um, even though you know they did apparently die out forty thousand years ago. You know, this is just people pulling names out of books. You know, this is before the. There's absolutely no sign of any people here before the Native Americans. So, what the heck were they looking at in that book that says these people were before? He 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 did sort of say before Native American records, something okay. to that effect. Okay. So, mm, but <clears throat> you know. Yeah, he, but when him throwing in Neanderthals really screwed the pooch there. It it just didn't it didn't make yeah, any it's sense. The pooch it was, a good poking with the stupid science stick. <laughs> <laughs> yes, poor little pooch. Uh, <laughs> so um, anyway, that yeah, that was one I have here on my list. A- anyway, what I was going to say is you know whether they went from the savages to uh, this sort of um, modern take which for example we saw more in the x-files where you know you really have to look at the native american people and think of them as these wonderfully advanced spiritual beings who are at one with the world and a much better way of life than the rat race of the of the europeans and their technology and their and they've they've got uh, you know a spiritual awareness that doesn't which is all complete bs too um You know, that was their people, like everyone else. They're part of the circumstances that that came about. So I I really kind of think that maybe if if the High Walkers of the Steel is an oversimplified version of something, there's probably this sort of you know they have sort of these special powers of being in tune and that's why they don't fall to their death off the steel um it it's hard to separate fact from fiction here um last week i kid you not no this week we had the major eclipse over the united states and uh which i missed well there was no point in seeing it it was behind a cloud but um Schools were taking Native American children and some other cultures and keeping them indoors in windowless rooms at their own request or their parents' request because some Native American cultures view that as a bad omen and it's it, that's and it's just like this is so wrong. This is so wrong that we're that we humor this this nonsense. Uh, I saw people on the news talking with native american experts explaining how important it was that they not look at the not be outside during the eclipse because it's a it's a spiritual thing and oh, i did some looking i found out that some of the potawatomi tribes were having parties outside in a park so i was like yes <laughs> i'm so happy that uh but anyway my 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 vague rant is going on here. The fact that they cast a white man to play this part. Is... Unlike previously when it was Richard Keel. Yes, who was a. Well, at least they put him in a costume. <laughs> okay. Oh, I'm that, not, that I would have made it better, would it? <laughs> right. It's a, well, Richard Keel they cast because he was a giant. Right? I mean, I can see how they might not have been able to find a seven foot eight Native American actor. I could kind of. I'm not saying they that they need shouldn't a seven do that. Eight actor. <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how tall Richard Keel is. He's quite big. 
I don't know how big he is, but yeah. Well, no, well, I'm I'm taking your your exaggeration as the example, which it the the they didn't need a tall actor, is basically what I'm saying. Oh well, I suppose. Yeah, I suppose. I mean, I kind of got the impression it was supposed to be scary, big, and impor- imposing. But yeah, I suppose it didn't have to be that way. Um, but Elkhorn was an interest. We never actually saw any of the the steel workers. Did you notice that? Well, conveniently, they they managed to avoid all of that. You know, they they avoided having to film anywhere. You know that that would that would have involved shooting up from a height by or or, or having any of the workers working at a height. Well, they did have the, one scene where Kolchak was on the building. And he was talking to somebody, and and who conveniently told him, you know, no, they won't talk to, they won't talk to you, so don't even bother. So he didn't, you know, <laughs> he didn't. But it was a long shot. It was a long was. shot. Yeah, they were. They hadn't. They hadn't got any cameras up there or anything. Oh yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. Um. But <sighs> was there commentary in this episode as uh, well about about that? Because here's a guy who's. Uh, well, he's got a degree in what was it? MBA. Mm-hmm. I remember he had an MBA, which you know is worth sixteen thousand dollars a year. Wow, were salaries low back then? That's not even McDonald's worker now. And um, but he's making forty thousand a year in construction, which is not a huge salary now, but but it's a lot better than sixteen. And he he said something about, you know, this having an Indian head is worth money. Like he was getting like he was getting something out of being an Indian in this job. Yeah. Um, which is a bit cynical. Um <laughs> just a bit. <laughs> I'm not saying that I don't put Native American down on my census forms, uh, because I rightly can. But <laughs> um, but uh, but he was he was he was cashing in on the fact. I mean, this is this is this is what they've this is what they've written. They 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 are portraying him as someone who is cashing in on the fact that he is a medicine man, mm-hmm. and they are they are writing the high steel workers as a group who will accept him as their foreman for that reason and he is obviously interested in the money just as he is interested in the women and so you know for for very kind of pragmatic reasons he's decided to take advantage of that rather than doing what he was actually trained for. Yes. That, yes. That's what that's what they're that's what they are portraying him as. That's what they are portraying this educated Native American as. Yeah, it's not a particularly flattering portrayal of this map. Um and yet he seems very popular with the ladies. Um <laughs> well <laughs> I, not so much with Diane. Well, yeah, he did. He he seemed like he was doing okay with Diane until uh, it came on. Now, side note about Diane. Okay, I'm going to put this in the unconfirmed but widely reported category. That woman 
is the psychic that Nancy Reagan used to consult with regards to Ronald Reagan's um, schedule, apparently. You, Nancy Reagan consulted a psychic. an actress. No, a psychic. But well, who unquote, was an actress? Well, apparently, this is the first I heard about it. We, we, we've known that Nancy Reagan used to consult an actress, or a psychic, sorry, uh, about uh-huh. this. And when I was looking up this episode, in several places, I found that people were pointing out that this actress was the woman who went on to be the psychic that Nancy Reagan would consult. Well, well, well. Now, internet sources, it could just be two women with the same name that some idiot confused. So, I'm not going to I'm not going to cast aspersions on there, but it's interesting that that's floating around um that this could be the infamous Reagan psychic if it is. Um but if she was, she should have known her evening with uh, Jim Elkhorn was not going to go uh, <laughs> go as like she had hoped. Um no. But yeah. she she did sterling work um basically with a load of what seemed to be double entendres, although as far as I could tell, they all only had a single meaning, but it sounded like they ought to have a double meaning. Like her English muffins getting stuck or her rocks melting. Uh-huh. Or shouting, stuff the muffin. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and Kolchak seemed to be the only one in the room that was getting it. <laughs> yeah. Well, Again, well Alcorn seemed to be rather... Otherwise occupied. Yes, he he took a he took an immediate shine. Which another piece, Kolchak did exactly what he needed to do to get Elkhorn's cooperation. Yeah, he got Nurse Eisen to dress up pretty and come along with me, because he'll listen if there's a woman with me. Not only very cynical, but also very shrewd because it worked. <laughs> it worked perfectly. Um, <laughs> yeah, I just, I, you know, now I suppose they would have found an actor who was a Native American, but would they have would they have portrayed him as such a... I mean, there are people like that. Why not? I mean, it, I, you know, it's I, I, not a flattering portrayal, but, you know, there no, are it, flawed characters in this world. But it is, I, I would, I, it, it's absolutely, it's perfectly plausible. There's nothing that unbelievable about the situation. It's more a question of how they are choosing to portray Native Americans in this story, given that you don't get a lot of Native American. I mean, it's all about representation. That's why it matters that he's not mm-hmm. played by a Native American, isn't it? I think. So. But also, also, it is what you yeah. do. What you do with that character. If you had loads and loads of Native Americans. With all sorts of different attitudes, all sorts of different um, characteristics, and then this, you know, how how you how you the, this one being particularly um, cynical or greedy or however you want to look at it, wouldn't necessarily be a problem in itself. What's interesting about this one is how they choose to write that character, given the way you know given the other native americans they've had they've had in the show which is to say not very many one other episode where it was all about the um the the shape-shifting well, uh, mythology we did see not much depth we did see 
um, a group of Indians, and yes, I'm I'm politically incorrectly calling them Indians there, um, but believe it or not, we we grew up in my house calling them that, uh, even though we ourselves. Uh, uh, you know, I have, uh, even in this country to this day, I have a BIA card, a Bureau of Indian Affairs identification card. It's still, it's still deeply ingrained. So I apologize that, but they call them Indians. So I'm, I'll slip into that. Although I try to say Native American whenever I can. They had a group in that episode with Richard Keel that came in and only one of them had a speaking part. And the one who had the speaking part is definitely not a Native American. He was dressed up as one. But the other people behind him might have been. Well, that's possible. But, but they didn't get any they, lines. Yeah, they, they, were, they weren't they were extras, characters yeah. as such. And even the, even the speaking part was purely exposition. Oh, yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, I can't remember the name of the actor. And I'd say he's, a, he's relatively famous. But I, yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Um, let's see, what else have, um, we got? Well, I, I've got a note about shouting, because obviously we've got another shouty police captain in this, although he doesn't actually have that much to do. Um, but Vincenzo is very shouty in this one again. Although we do, we do learn that he was, he's from Chicago, or is he from Chicago, or at some point... That's what he sounds he said, like, yeah. I was a top, I was a top crime reporter in this town. Yeah. Well, maybe so, that's why he went back there. Could be, could be, because he was on his way to New York from Seattle, I think. Yeah, that was the idea. So, and I'd I'd kind of assumed that he had been, I guess, you know, that he'd been well established in Las Vegas since whenever, Mm -hmm. until the whole Kolchak incident. But actually, you know, he may have moved around even before Kolchak started screwing up his life. Now, to be fair, let's say that they were leaving from Seattle, they're traveling to New York, they pass through Chicago, and they need to eat, and Vincenzo would go, hey, I used to be a top crime reporter in this town. I have contacts. Well, that's plausible. I, I, I <laughs> assumed that there was some intermediate story that we hadn't seen, where they went to New York, Kolchak discovered some kind of Thing. sea monster... <laughs> Um, and and then they got chased out of town, and Chicago was the next place they went, or maybe the place after that. I don't know. There, there could be. There could be. Um, actually, I I didn't really notice a lot of shouting out of Vincenzo in this episode. Uh, I like the fact that we found out about his reporting and the fact that Koljak cons him into going and doing that piece that he doesn't want he doesn't even yeah that exactly yes. cons him i mean it is and it isn't he also gets emily to write his story about the opening which which know, is what vincenzo is shouting about that's true he was mad about that um but you know why not because he had that package that had been prepared for him that contained all the information he needed to know so emily would certainly be able to write it um <laughs> anybody could do that he just hand it over and, and do the right so um, but there was the scene about the cameras. Vincenzo wasn't really shouty. I mean, he was complaining. Yeah. Um, about those expensive... It didn't look like expensive cameras to me, but okay, maybe... Well, they look more expensive than the thing he normally carries around. Okay, fair enough. Looked look to me like one of those old 110 cassette cameras. Fair enough. Uh, those were better uh, the, cameras than that. The, the film stock was about the size of my thumbnail. Mm-hmm. 
Well, you can get pictures with that. Uh, they're smaller. You can fit more in that way. Um, <laughs> uh, but, but who's there when he wakes up? Who's waiting in his hospital room? Oh, I think how touching. I know this is. There actually is this sort of we're stuck with each other friendship. There, that's really the hint of maybe why he puts up with Kolchak is that he's the guy sitting there waiting for him, not Emily, not well, <laughs> who else would it be? I don't know, but there does seem to be there's something. Of course, who yeah. knows how long he waited? Could be six weeks. <laughs> You know, I had the film. I thought I'd wait for you to wake up, Carl, and give you this this thing. But yeah, I, I there there. Well, also there's the little... fact he's never fired him, so you know that that, that shows friendship if nothing else. That's true. Also, Emily got her little bit about uh, old people and gray power. Um, <laughs> they're 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 trying to inject a little bit of uh, personality into her there. Uh, didn't work very well. But then Kolchak is like, no. And she's like, we have to stand for this. And Kolchak, well, don't stand up too fast, Emily. Yeah. <laughs> and and it would be, it would almost be a little too mean, except that she actually seemed to swoon a bit. When she stood up, it was like, she right, you know, I yeah, okay, got it. <laughs> it's like, he was, it was, was he, was he making a crack about her age? Or was he actually making a, a solicitous remark about the fact that if she gets up too quickly, she actually might hurt herself. Couldn't tell. <laughs> Couldn't tell at that moment, but... Um, it, it well, was I'm not bit... sure how solicitous I would regard that remark anyway. It's patronizing. Yeah, all right, uh, he was, he, it, was a, it was a crack, but the writers were also playing it as... They, they, they were having a joke as well by making her or the director, at any rate, by by making her actually more infirm, mm. which yeah. is kind I, I, of not that funny. But well, it was in the nineteen seventies. You had you had to be there. <laughs> um, it's like old people Native American jokes. It was all uh, it's all fair game. All good fun. All good fun. Let's see what else I've got. I don't know that I have anything else in particular about the episode um i have to say when i when i watched it uh one of the things i do whenever i watch any episode is i kind of in my mind uh think about you know previous discussions and and uh uh what's in the episode and I, and I put to my mind it's like is this going to be a long episode or is this going to be a short episode of of <laughs> of the of show the podcast. and I yeah. yeah and I could not I could not guess and I like it I'm like yeah it's like I the, I I have something to say there it, it 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 disturbs me at a at a weird level about the whole Native American stuff and yet yeah you know it is what it is I hate that phrase but it but it is what it is it's a product of its time and it's at least at least there's a Native American, even if he's not portrayed by one, which is, as you say, that's probably the bigger sin. At least there's a Native American out there who, you know, can go out and get a degree and he's not, you know, living on the dole. And uh, so, I mean, he's a successful character, 
that's something. Yes. A, a bit of a... Oh, I did want to mention Quite one. a fun character. I mean, yeah. it, it, it gives Kolchak a bit of a sidekick, and the, the, scene, the scenes with the two of them together are quite entertaining. Mm-hmm. There, there is that scene at the beginning where Elkhorn is on the phone talking to a woman who's left her shoes or something at his house so that she can call him back. And, I mean, he's being very uh, – he's being nasty to yeah. Um, yeah. about, you know, her trying to get something from him. And, you know, it seems to me like they're kind of using each other. A little bit, but Kolchak's line when he won't talk to him is like, "Can I leave my hat in your office so that you'll call me back?" <laughs> was, was I loved it? I love that line. That 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 has to be my favorite in the whole episode. Um, it 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 just it condenses yeah, Kolchak's personality, yeah, down to a to a T. Anyway, um, I think that's it. You got anything else that you want to put in there? No, that's it for me. So our next episode is Horror in the Heights, which is a very revealing title of this story. Simon, thank you for joining me. It's a pleasure, as always. And listeners, I do hope you'll join us all again next time on Fusion Patrol. Fusion Patrol is a Lone Locust production. Like us? Please consider becoming our sponsor at patreon.com slash fusionpatrol. We'd really appreciate it if you could leave us a review on iTunes. Stop by and visit us at our website, FusionPatrol.com. Search for us on Facebook under Fusion Patrol. Check out our Twitter handle, at Fusion Patrol. Or just send us an email at feedback at FusionPatrol.com. Please come join the conversation. Our music is Fight the Future by Amberwolf.